Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here, you'll learn about how to grow your building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're dying. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Remember, to get notified about new episodes, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. That way, you won't miss any of our expert guests that we bring on the show. In addition, as a special thank you for being a listener of the podcast, we've got some special bonuses for you. Just go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast. Again, hit that subscribe button to stay in the loop and go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast for your special bonuses. Hey, welcome to episode number 36 with Josh Kelly. In this episode, we talk about the story of how Josh helped grow his company, Parker & Sons, from six and a half million to a hundred million in sales. And within that, we break down kind of the gamut. We talk about hiring, retention, um, for employees, we talk about marketing and sales, and we also talk about how to grow as a leader through this process as well. So I think you'll get a ton of value out of this episode. Again, this is 36 with Josh Kelly. All right, Josh, glad to have you on the show today. Good to be here, man. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for today because you've been on uh, quite the growth path with your with your company. And I think that could be really helpful for a lot of our audience and, and also inspiring I don't know that anyone, everyone wants to do quite the level of growth that, that you've gone through, but I think there's a lot of lessons that we'll, we'll uncover along the way, so to speak. So I'm pretty excited for today. Yeah. And with all fairness, it's not like I, I set out to have such a, be part of a large company like that either. It just kind of, it's kind of just happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I get was, that. Yeah. Sometimes. Plan-ish, plan-ish. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of jump right in and maybe you can just give us a little bit of the background, uh, you know, with Parker and sons and how did you get involved and, and kind of what's the, the beginning of the story there? Yeah. Yeah. So my family, uh, you know, I come from a home service background. My family owns a company called Parker and sons here in Phoenix. Um, we're one of the largest HVAC plumbing companies in the United States, HVAC air conditioning and heating, right? Um, we grew our business, we bought the business 13 years ago, 13 years ago. Uh, at the time, we are about $6.5 million business, which is a pretty large business. Um, last year, as in 2018, uh, we ended up just around $100 million. Um, so 13 years, $6.5 million to $100 million. Yeah, that's um, monster since, growth for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah, and I ran the marketing. I did a little operations, but mainly the marketing side. And then uh, I've actually branched out now, and I have a uh, software business that's also growing crazy and having a lot of success and changing a lot of businesses as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And you kind of referenced earlier that it wasn't necessarily a decision, but one of the questions I really had was, was it, were you guys sitting there at six and a half going, we're going to a hundred million or, you know, what was kind of the, the discussion going on at the time? You know, how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, as a lot of people are in the big ambitious goals, I'm actually not, I don't believe in big goals. Like if I want to lose 20 pounds, I don't know how to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> I know how to lose a pound by tomorrow though. Right. Sure. Um, so like when business first started, it's not like, you know what? And in 10 years, we're going to be a hundred million. Uh, it was more like we're six and a half million can we get to seven? <laughs> and yeah. then when we got to seven, I was like, okay, we, can we get to nine? And it just started like going, you know, I mean, we're small goals and small improvements uh, and you do that consistently. And all of a sudden you look back, you're like, oh my God, how did we get to a hundred million? Uh, yeah, what happened? Know what happened? <laughs> we had like a big assessment last year because it's the first time we actually ever looked back. And it was like, 
what did we do? <laughs> because we've been sprinting so long and we haven't had, uh, you know, we, we're living in the moment the whole time, right? Because, you know, it's just short of the wheels coming off kind of situation uh, a lot of those years, right? Totally. So, yeah. It's been, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, and I'm curious because you mentioned you're not a, a big believer in big goals or, you know, mm. uh, it's kind of those little things consistently. So, um, but I'm curious too, because you said, okay, we're at six and a half, can we get to seven? And then seven to nine, uh, I'm sure at some point there, though, the little goals maybe get closer together or, you know, because to, to get to that hundred, you've still got to go through, you've just got to go through a lot of those. And is it churning through the little changes faster or is it literally just picking off the little changes one at a time and, and getting through them? It's kind of a little bit of both. It's really, it's more the secondary, but it's certainly both. Um, you know, like here's, here, here's what I mean by it. I'm not big in the audition goals. Of course we set yearly goals. We're like sure. everybody else, but we don't actually pay attention to yearly goals at all. It was literally two thirds of the year. We're sitting there like, we're doing really well right now. I wonder where we're going to end up. Holy crap. We're going to hit a hundred million. We grew almost 20 million in one year or we grew 20 million in one year. Wow. That was not planned. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that was not the goal in any way. Uh, what we focus on is daily goals. Um, daily goals for revenue, for our average, for a bunch of KPIs, and I'm really focusing on being better at something every single day. And that could be something as simple as, you know, answering the phone and two rings instead of three, or something as complicated as, hey, we need to get five more cross sells every single day. Where uh, someone calls us for plumbing, we need to figure out how to also make them use this for AC, which which can be more difficult too, right? Sure, um, sure. But yeah, so yeah, there are big goals that happen now, um, but they're really systematic of our daily goals. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, the big goal is nice to have because you can kind of look out and get excited about it, but it's a daily grind and, you know, you got to go through those little things. So I'm kind of I mean, curious. How, how do you grow a $100 million company? Like, it's not feasible at six and a half million, right? I mean, like it's not, I have no idea how to do that, but I know how to make an extra thousand dollars. And that's kind of what we did, right? Yeah. It's like a thousand dollars more today. Yeah. And we just kept doing that. And eventually. I like that. Yeah. And you said you guys just kind of did an assessment and a look back, you know, just this last year, I guess taking that into consideration, but also reflecting back over the last 13 years or so, are there a few things that stick out to you where you said, yeah, you know, those, those few things really made a big difference looking back on them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of people ask like, Hey, what's the golden bull or like yeah. the silver bullet, I guess, you know, what can we do and just drastically change your business? And the answer is a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but there's not one thing that's going to blow up your business. It's a combination of a lot of small things doing them really well. Right. Um, I will tell you the thing we focused on first, because we didn't have a big marketing budget. We couldn't do a lot of the things that we do now. Um, what we really focused on is making the most of every single call that we were already getting. Um, so that meant being more thorough, you know, talking about more things, giving more options. It meant you'd be surprised it's six and a half million dollar business, right? How many people use us for plumbing and didn't even know we did AC. <laughs> Um, it's amazing, right? You're like, what? Wow, it's so frustrating. It's possible. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? It's, it's still, not, everywhere you see the word plumbing, AC is there too, right? But they don't, they don't catch that, right? Um, so we had to get really good at cross-selling um, mm. about locking down customers. We got really good at hiring and retaining the best talent, mm. um, which was a gigantic game changer because all your other issues 
slowly disappear, right? Totally. Um, and then we got really good at marketing once we had much of a budget. And we got really, we were a big fish in a small pond when we first started, right? We wouldn't buy things we couldn't own, which meant we couldn't buy a whole lot of things. We we're buying a lot of really small ponds. Uh, but now we can buy, you know, lakes, right? And still own them. Um, but those three things are really the catalyst. And we can go into detail on any one of those or whatever you want. Um, but it really is making the most money out of the customer you get, which is by far the easiest and best way. And then it was the talent, which is not easy to do, but the most important thing you could do above yeah. all else. And then the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I would like to drill into the kind of the hiring and retention piece. Cause I know right now the, the talk across the country is like, I've, we've got a labor problem. You know, it's tough to find good people. Do you try to go, you know, poach people that already have the experience or do you train them in house? And so maybe you yes. can talk about your philosophy there. <laughs> you know, it sounds like that, that's the answer, but you know, what did you guys do? And maybe what are just a few more tactical things that you yeah. started to yeah. implement to like, how, how do you keep those people? How do you make your culture one where people want to be there? There's growth paths for people. They're engaged in their work, that sort of thing. Yeah, culture is a, a complicated question because it depends on who you are and who's running and what you want to be. Every culture is different, but you certainly need to make it a fun place to work. And we'll go into detail a little bit, but let me focus first on like how you get good people. Sure. Because that's that's what most people are really talking about. I was like, hey, I can't find good people. And the truth is, of course, you can find good people. It's not, it's more difficult than it used to be, but not significantly. You just can't be looking in the same places that you were before. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've talked to businesses and I've done consulting all over the U.S. Um, and they'll say, if you solve one issue, what would it be? And what would that be for me for your business? And almost without fail, they all say, hey, I need to hire and retain the best people. Generally, they say hire, right? They're not really sure. focused on retain, yeah. uh, which is a mistake too, right? Uh, I need to hire the best people. And then you sit down and say, okay, that's what's the most important in your business. What are you doing now for hiring? And they'll start breaking it down. And you're like, well, I, I put an ad on a monster and career builder. Whatever. Okay, that, that took 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and what else? Well, I, you know, I put something up in the parts house. And, you know, I... I talked to a recruiter. We didn't decide not to do anything with it. You can do all this stuff. And it adds up to like 45 minutes a week, right? And this is the most important thing they could do for their business, right? Um, the key, there's no secret. Now, there's tools that we'll talk about, but there's really no secret to recruiting and retaining. It's purely an effort of time and money. That's it. If you spend the time and get creative you will hire good people. A lot of people don't spend the time. And I understand you can't spend 40 hours a week. Huh? That's unrealistic. But more than 45 minutes probably is, right? Totally. Um, so you need to do things like that. And then really, you need to have a retention program. Most people won't have a way or a system that people, people retain. It's hard to find good people. Let's make sure they don't go somewhere else. Um, you need to have systems to make everyone a recruiter. So creating sheets, templates, systems where every single one of your current team members are team members, right? Uh, could hire, could hire, help you hire people or find great people, right? Um, and empowering people, right? Setting those goals, talking about it, a meeting about it, um, spending the time. There's really no substitute for time and effort. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, typically the things that are the hardest, you know, there's no shortcut, right? You know, it's, it's just a lot of effort and, 
uh, I'm kind of curious to learn a little bit more about what what a few elements are inside your retention plan. You know, you said most companies don't have one. You know, are, are there a few things you could share that are, you know, you would put on that list? You mentioned talking about goals, you know, but are there a couple of other things? Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff you can do that. Simple stuff like um, a lot of people have policies where they'll never hire anyone back. I don't, mm. I don't believe that. Interesting. Um, here's the reason why. If they're a great tech, they're a great tech. People make mistakes, right? Certainly hire them back. In fact, we'll actually take the effort where if someone was great and they leave, we'll call them back and say, hey, I just want to let you know that we've been thinking about you. We really miss you here, right? You'd be surprised how many of those people wanted to come back, realized they made a mistake right away, but their pride won't let them call you. Interesting. Call them. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. Or we enacted something called like our three promises, right? So anytime someone's hired, period, Parker and Sons, generally it's going to be Paul, but it could be one of the other uh, high-level managers here. But it's ideally Paul who is the president of Parker and Sons. Uh, he's essentially going to sit you down and we make three promises to every single team member. Um, and it's going to sound weird, but it actually works. It's, hey, number one, I promise if you're willing to put the effort and uh, effort and put in the work that we ask you to. I'm going to give you three promises. Promise number one is by the time you leave here, and you'll leave, everyone leaves. I hope it's for retirement, but everyone leaves at some point. I'm going to make you a better plumber, CSR, accountant, whatever. And that, uh, that's understandable. Well, and here's, here's how we're going to do that. We're going to spend more money on you than other people are going to. We're going to train you that more than others are, we're going to make the effort to make sure you are as successful business-wise as possible, right? Number two, we're going to, I promise you, we're actually going to make you a better person. Now you get the eye rolls there, right? Uh, a lot, what, what does that mean, right? Well, here's the truth. A lot of what we train is communication. It's about being a good person. It's about being likable. These are things that apply to your, to your real life too, not just work. They'll help you be a better father, a better husband, a better wife, a better friend. So I promise you, by the time you leave here, you'll be a better person. And number three, I promise you I'll leave a better financial per, uh, position than you are now. And I can promise that because I'm going to give you more opportunity than other people can give you. I'm going to give you the ability not only to grow within the company, but to make a lot of money if you're working hard. So those are my three promises, right? Now, what that does is I've created expectations. Mm -hmm. Not just for what to I want from them, what to expect, what they should be expecting me, and it's their duty to follow up with me too, right? And guess what? If someone leaves, guess what three questions I'm asking them? Yeah, go back to the promises, right? <laughs> yeah, go back to the promises, and you'd be surprised sometimes we'll go through it. It's like, are you a better technician? Oh, yeah, I'm a much better technician. Do you feel like you're a better person? Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I'm a, I feel like I'm a better person. Are you in a better financial position? Oh, absolutely. Then why are you leaving? <laughs> <laughs> and some people will change their mind right then and there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. And and that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I feel like that's super uh, applicable to people. They can grasp that and say, yeah, this is something I can, I can take and implement tomorrow, you know, and start working yeah. on that. And that's like one of 25 things we do. Right. But very few people set that expectation of what you could be doing and where you should be going at. Right. And it, now here's also our duty to deliver on those three promises. We can't not deliver on those three promises. Totally. Um, but that's a huge retention tool. You'd be surprised how effective that could be. 
Yeah. 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 Cause I would imagine if as soon as you break a promise, then suddenly everything kind of crumbles. So you got to be able to back it up across the board. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the key, you know, my, my, my employees are my customers, period. My customers are my employees, customers. It's my job to make them satisfied, happy, love their life, love, love what they're doing, make them excited to be here every day. And if I'm not doing that, then no one's winning. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Hey, um, shifting gears a little bit, I kind of want to talk about, um, leadership and kind of the growth that you and the other leaders in the company had to go through along this path as well. Um, cause I think a lot of people get to a leadership position, whether that's CEO, president or something else, VP of something. And you kind of feel like, okay, like I'm in this role, now I should know how to do everything or, or if not, I can just tell people what to do because I've got the title. So I know that's not the case, but I'm kind of curious just from your own experience, what kind of growth path did you go through personally? And, and were you guys active in thinking about that as well? Oh yeah. No, I mean, here's the thing. Those same rules apply to me. <laughs> I yeah. spend a lot of money, time and effort training and growing all the time. Um, we try to focus on small goals in this situation too, right? Just be better. Every single employee has to set goals for daily daily improvements, right? You want to be better at something today than yesterday. There's been lots of situations. I can tell you with my software business, I was not ready to run a software business. I didn't know anything <laughs> about software, right? Yeah. But it's going really well now, but there were a lot of growing pains with it, right? You always say yes, and then you figure it out. If you spend the time and effort, you're willing to learn and not assume you know anything, uh, you could do it. But no, I don't think just because you have a title, you know what you're doing. In fact, I don't even really believe in titles. Um, I, I tell this people all the time, like some people come and they'll ask like from, from other companies, they'll ask, hey, this person wants, wants to, you know, a, a raise in the title. I said, well, do you want to give them a raise? Uh, that's debatable, right? A title, give them the title. Titles are free. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. 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 Throw whatever name you want up there. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that can, it's important to some people to have that, you know, cause their, their ego is tied to it or they feel like that they're at the next level because they're of progressing. The yeah. And, yeah, they're progressing, but yeah, to- totally makes sense. Um, so I guess I'm curious to, you know, just kind of keeping coming back to this growth path that you've been on, you know, we talked about kind of the hiring and a um, little bit of leadership there. Uh, let's talk systems a little bit. So I know, you know, some things that you did at six and a half million just don't work anymore when you're at 20 million or 40 million or 50 million. So uh, I have a lot of questions around this, but I guess I'll just pick somewhere to start. You know, did you find yourself like, breaking and rebuilding systems at certain intervals or was it kind of a result of just this continuous incremental improvement? Um, and I'm kind of just curious if you kind of like you hit this level and you're like, man, this just doesn't work. We got to totally break it and rebuild it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To both. Right. So we always had consistent updating. Um, but the truth is that like six and a half million SOPs weren't that important to us. Like we just didn't do it. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden when we got to a certain size, like, Oh shit. We can't talk to every single person Uh-oh. individually anymore. You know, uh, we have to have a system for that for videos and scripted out and everything, right? Um, so there's lots of things we consistently changed um, because they were more obvious to us. 
Um, and then there were lots of things where, you know, it was working, it was working, it was working, it was working okay. All of a sudden, oh man, it doesn't even work slightly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we need to sprint and fix this right now, right? And, you know, we have, we have this theory. Actually, I don't think it's a theory. I know it works, right? Um, you you want to know one amazing secret here? How to solve any problem? Let's hear it. I'm always game for a secret. <laughs> so this is this is this is counterintuitive, and I hate meetings. Trust me, I hate meetings. But if you have a real problem, all you have to do is meet often enough and with the right people. So I, why I say that, like like when recruiting retention became a real problem for us, what we did is we had daily meetings on it with a with a bunch of the management, right? Sure. You know how annoying it is to go into a meeting <laughs> every day and fail. It's just, you just naturally, like, everybody started, like, I'm not going on me without an idea. I'm not yeah. doing it because I want to be done with these freaking meetings, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to go to so, another one today on the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, they can't be just nothing. They have to be structured and quick. Sure. Makes sense. But, yeah, if you meet on anything enough times, you'll fix it, right? So a lot of those structures like that ended up breaking, we just started meeting on. <laughs> I like and it, it was not like, a, you know, some people have meetings to set meetings. This is not what we're talking about. Uh, it was it was a frustration point purposely. Like there were stand up meetings were in that room. No one wants to be in that room. All of us know <laughs> we don't want to be in that room. It's like we gotta come up with some creative because I'm not gonna be here. It's, I, I'm, I'm I've been in this meeting for two weeks every single day for a half hour. I need to be done with this meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's otherwise it's the never ending meeting. We'll just keep showing up every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just a quick reminder that this show is brought to you by Builder Funnel. We're a digital marketing agency specialized in helping home builders, remodelers, and contractors like yourself grow their businesses. We help you implement marketing and sales technology, such as marketing automation and a CRM system, as well as drive more traffic, leads, and sales through strategies like content marketing, SEO, social media, paid traffic, and email marketing. If you want to learn more and see if we're a good fit, just send a quick email to hello at builderfunnel.com and mention the podcast. I'll schedule a one-on-one -on -one website and digital marketing assessment with you where I'll take a look at your website, show you some areas where you can improve, and we can see if we're a good fit. If you haven't noticed already, our company is huge on education. We host this podcast, create tons of videos, and create helpful blog posts to educate you guys on marketing and sales. I'll pack a ton of value into the website assessment, and I'll never pressure you to buy from us although we're confident you'll improve your marketing sales efforts by doing so. Again, send me a quick note to hello at builderfunnel.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. I like that. Yeah, that's good. And it, but it's, you know, to your point, it's with a purpose, right? You have a big problem. You go, we got to solve it. So we're just going to crack at it every day until finally, oh, here it is, you know. And you're forcing time and effort. That's what you're yeah. forcing. It's a yeah. little force of time and effort. I like it. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears and talk about marketing a little bit. I know you said kind of at the beginning, you didn't have a lot of budget for marketing. I think you mentioned that you were kind of a big part of the, you know, the marketing, I guess. Mm -hmm. What did you start with initially saying, okay, we're, we're at six and a half. Can we get to seven? You know, so that thought process and what, what did you go to? And then what did you kind of shift to as you got more budget and you got more size and you said, okay, now that we're here, we can actually, you know, spend some money and put it in some, some places. Yeah, so we're fairly creative with our marketing. We think differently, um, but we also think more granularly. So, like some companies, you know, want to work with one person and buy everything through because it's easier. I could care less if it's one person or a thousand people. 
I'll do whatever's most efficient. So at one point, our cost per lead, cost per book call was right around $12. Industry average is like 80. Wow. Um, so we were doing really well. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Now it's still, it's still very low. It's below 20, I think, right now. Um, but what we really did that was different than anybody else is I really don't believe in buying something that you can't own in some way. And what I mean by own is be the strongest present. And that you can do that creatively. You can do that with budget. You can do that with lots of different ways. But it meant when we were small, we couldn't buy broadcast TV. Sure. Because I couldn't have a voice. I couldn't be the dominant player. But what I could do is buy a really small radio station and be the only one because I was the only one willing to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe geographically only neighborhoods, right? Let's make sure we hire techs in this neighborhood. Our trucks be there. We'll put a billboard right outside there. We'll do a bunch of direct mail specifically this neighborhood. Make sure anyone in this neighborhood can't avoid us, right? And then as we started growing, those pools just got bigger and bigger. Now we're in broadcast. We're large enough now. Uh, we don't fear other marketing people because I could I could push them around. Sure. Like, I, I don't care what median you're in. If I want to be in that median, I could out buy you now. Um, that wasn't the case before. We had to be much more. We were no by, by no means the biggest player in Phoenix. Uh, we were medium sized player, right? And we had to think differently. Now we're still creative. We're still making sure our cost per leads low. But I, I also know that. If it's a really good fit for audience that I can afford to be the biggest player, as long as the numbers make sense, right? Sure. Um, so you just have to, for small and medium-sized companies, especially small, you just don't buy anything that, if, I, if it's a small radio station and I know there's two other HVAC companies on there and I can't own at least a day part or a show or, you know, morning drive, everyone morning drives, then don't do it do something else. I like that. Yeah. And, and it's, I like the way you frame it too, because saying, Hey, I, I want to dominate. I'm not big enough to dominate maybe where I ideally want to, but are there some targets? You know, you mentioned the radio station, which I think is a creative idea. I really like that, but also the, the zip codes, like start with one neighborhood, like where's your favorite neighborhood or, you know, there's probably dozens that you would do well in and your target market is there. And, you know, zip code isn't that, you know, that big and you can really, you know, be hitting that with your message over and over again versus like sprinkling some stuff all over the place. And Oh yeah. That's what most people do. And, and they don't do, they're not consistent. Right. Too. Right. You gotta understand a lot of forms of marketing take a while to really take strong effect. There's some direct marketing stuff, but the best forms of marketing are, are more long-term plays. Right. And I can't tell you how many, especially in our industry, which is super, super seasonal uh, for like HVAC, uh, everyone starts buying in April and stops in August. And by the, by the way, it's barely started working in August, right? Um, right? And I'm taking market share the whole rest of the year because I'm dominating because I'm the only one talking. That's awesome. Yeah. And people are like, oh, it's time to market. Let's turn it on in April. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been there the it's whole time. It's about to get hot. And it's like, they've heard me for six months. Right. The whole time, <laughs> annoyingly, right? Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. So let's shift a little bit to sales. We just talked marketing yeah. and there's some cool stuff there. Um, I guess I'm curious what your sales process looks like. And then um, also we can maybe talk a little bit about the cross-selling. Because I said you said that was one hurdle that you guys faced. So I guess 
Um, how much time did you spend on like documenting that sales process and then training people on that? And then maybe just give us like an overview of what that generally looks like inquiry to close. Oh yeah. I mean, sales forgives a lot, right? So we focused a lot on sales because we need a lot of forgiveness, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, we document everything. We spend a ton of time, effort. Not, I mean, it's sales in a way, but on communicating effectively. So it's a subset of sales. Um, we're not really gimmicky, um, but we're really big on effective tools and effective speech and effective communication, right? Uh, verbal and nonverbal. So we make a lot of effort to make sure the guys can present well, can talk sure. to customers well, that we answer the phone well. So many companies don't spend time and money teaching your CSRs or people to answer the phone how to sell well, right? Those are huge profit centers. They affect everything else and they can literally make sales their own. Um, we do it all the time, millions of dollars. Um, so we systematize a lot of that. Now we have a full house in-trials trainer. We have ride-along programs where every single team member, even Paul and myself, do ride-alongs uh, every period. Like we have strict parameters for that. Um, but even from the beginning, this is something that we had to systematize because we wanted the experience to be similar to every customer because we're in a grudge business, right? What I mean by a grudge business is I have never met anyone in their entire life that woke up and was like, you know what? Great today. Shiny pipes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, no, that doesn't exist, right? It's yeah. only when they're up, we only get calls when they're upset, when they're unhappy, something's wrong, we're walking in their house and they already don't like us. You have to have really strong systems in that situation because it's so easy to upset a customer because they're already upset. Yeah. Um, so, so we do a lot. Uh, and some of that, some of that is trained for verbally. Some of it, a lot of it's just tons and tons of tools so they can trip over it effectively, right? You know, it's, it's a, I tell people this sometimes too, like sometimes your best employees are the ones you just hired. Do you know why that is? No, why? Because they do everything you ask them to do because they <laughs> want to impress you. Yeah. And then as you go, you start gravitating back to average, right? That every person does this. It's, it's just human nature. You can't help yourself, right? Yeah. Um, yeah it starts to fade a little. Yeah. But you give them all the tools and it's like, oh, why don't you do that anymore? It's like, ah, you know what? Maybe I don't really think I need to anymore. I'm like, well, your closing percentage went down. Maybe you should do that again. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I, well, and I like too how we've talked about sales, but you really focus on communication, which Correct. I'm sure it's a lot about uncovering the problem, asking a lot of questions, listening you know, mm -hmm. repeating back and, you know, presenting options, being thorough. Yeah. 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 So, Empathy. Um, and, and those things aren't super complicated, but I think, you know, going back to some things you said in the past, it's about doing, doing the little things and doing them consistently and just improving a little bit along the way. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which, I, I tell people this, you know, in the football game, you know, the team that wins the Super Bowl isn't the one who has a great special teams and the cool plays. It's the one that blocks and tackles well. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it seems that's what a lot of businesses just doing all the little things that to your point, you just made, you know, you should do them this way, but you start to cheat a little and you're like, Oh, it's kind of a pain to do it that way. I'll just do it this way. And, you, and then you start to fade back and you realize that everything's back here now and you're not operating where you should be. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think, um, it's it's actually really refreshing to hear some of those things being said because I think a lot of people, man, I want to grow. I want to, you know, go to the moon or, you know, whatever their goal is. 
Um, but it really, it isn't necessarily that complicated or complex. There are layers that get added in at each stage, I'm sure. But if you just do those little things and do them right and over and over again, you basically beat out all the competitors that are fading back, you know, and, and letting oh, them yeah. yeah, it's a constant battle, too. Like, it's just human nature. Like, even us, you know, we'll fade. And it's like, oh, focus, focus, focus. Fade, fade. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's, it's a process uh, <laughs> that's never-ending, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's shift back to marketing. And I want to talk yeah. about reviews because I know that's uh, part of what you're working on right now. Um, yeah. But maybe talk about you know, the power of, of reviews that you saw in growing from six and a half to a hundred. Um, but then also maybe some process around how did you go about getting those reviews consistently? Um, you know, we've seen, man, you send somebody a link. They're like, yeah, I'd love to leave your review. And then like months go by, you're like, wait, you were happy. You said yes, but there's no review. So maybe you can just talk about your experience with reviews in growing the business and how you how you gathered those yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's what i focus on now it's not just reviews but social proof right so mm-hmm. this is a problem we had in our own business right so review kangaroo that's the name of my business um really came as an accident as a business it was really just trying to solve our own issue right sure. which is hey customers weren't happy to see us uh before we ever got there before we ever did anything it was pretty easy to get a bad review. It was really hard to get a good review, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know we do amazing service, right? So I'm like, there's a disconnect here. We got to figure this out. And we were doing exactly what we were saying. We're like, let's send them a link. We get easy for them. Nothing. Nope. It's absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. Can I log in for you and write it for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nope. Even then. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't get texted to do that either, right? Totally. Um, anyway, so... We create a lot of systems for it. We obviously have fully automated software now where we're not only sending email, but we send text messages. But we really changed the way we thought about reviews and we forced the customers to change the way they thought about reviews. So as weird as this sounds, if you write a review for Parker & Sons, you don't write a review for Parker & Sons. You write a review for Joe the Plumber at Parker Mm. & Sons, right? We make everything super personal. You've seen their face. It's all about them. Um, it changes the, the way they think about reviews a little bit, right? Because here's the truth. I don't care how well you answer the phone. I don't care how great your marketing is. I don't care how pretty your invoices are or whatever it is. If they don't like Joe, they don't like the company. Totally. Agreed? Yeah. Agreed, for sure. So you got to use that mentality to your advantage, right? So what we did is we started making about the team member. And then we automated, right? So like, here's the view of our system, right? I can't tell you how many companies I've talked to, like, you know, how do you get a lot of your business? It's like, oh, we're a referral-driven business. Okay, perfect. How many referrals did you get last month? Couple, five, one, yeah. five, two. It's like, they're not really asking for referrals, are you, right? So we have an automated system where not only ask for reviews, but cross-sells, ask for referrals, all making it super easy for the customer, generating revenue part, right? Making sure those things that you wanted to happen in the house always happen, right? And then we actually screen reviews too. So we literally ask one qualification question. Uh, how is your service from one to five stars? Based off that answer, we do one of two things. If it was an amazing five-star review, automatically drive out to third-party sites, to Google, to Yelp, to Facebook, to BBB, to whatever is relevant to that business, right? Um, if they have poor experience, we instead collect that customer's information and send a direct email to the management team so we keep it in-house. Make sure anytime we make a mistake, that company has a chance to fix it instead of becoming permanent, right? 
And there's some really cool benefits to that too, right? So we talked about hiring retention. You know what's you know what techs look at when they want to find a good company? Reviews. <laughs> I mean, totally. Do you do you want to make you know you want to make your your team members personally responsible for customer service? You know how you do that? You make a review on them. Yeah. I'm essentially doing a ride along on every single call because I they know that no matter what happens, I'm asking for a review and I get a really high percentage response rates. If they screw up, I hear about it. Yeah. They do an amazing job, I hear about it, right? And then we share it publicly, we base our training off this. Like there's also all kinds of amazing advantages when you start making it about a person, which you can do with or without our system. It's obviously far easier and more far more successful with the system, right? Because we spend a lot of time, money, effort at testing and make sure it's good, right? Um, but these are things, here's the key guys, so many people don't even ask for reviews. Everyone needs to be asking for reviews right now. Referrals used to be done over your fence to your neighbor, your friends, your family, as sad as it sounds. I'm probably like a lot of you, I don't know about you, but I literally pull up to my house, my garage door goes up, I pull in, the garage door goes behind me, I don't even really know my neighbors. That's so bad. Yeah, I know uh, one or two of them, but I should know ten or fifteen of them. So you used, used to know your whole neighborhood. I yeah. don't. I don't even know their names. I don't. It's so bad. I know um, it's terrible, but it's reality. And so, from a business standpoint, to your your point, reviews are online. Yeah. Yeah, that's what people. It's eighty-eight percent of people look at reviews before making a, a major purchase decision, which is anything over a hundred dollars. Yeah. Which is probably everybody listening to this podcast. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of curious about, I think the key, one of the key insights in, in what you just relayed was uh, writing the review for the person, you know, the human connection. And so I'm curious, and if you don't know specific numbers, but what sort of jump in just response rate, whether it was good, bad, and different, did you see when you switched? Eight times. We, eight we, times? Eight times more likely. Wow. We're eight times more likely to get a review. Just to give you reference, we get up to a 15% response rate. So okay. most people are getting like, one review every 500 or a thousand calls, we get 15 out of a hundred more or less. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But even that goes to show you, you're still not going to get like yeah. everybody. Yeah. We're still not getting 90%. Yeah. I would love yeah. to. Yeah, um, totally. I haven't figured that one out yet either. No, no. But, but we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. I didn't think it was going to be a hundred million dollar business either. So we'll, we'll figure this out any time. Yeah. Slowly, but surely. Yeah. But I think that alone is, is kind of encouraging. Cause I think a lot of people, they just, they send it out there and they're like, man, I did all that work and I got one review or two or none or whatever. But, you know, you had to submit a hundred to get 15 and most people are less than that, you know? So oh, uh, most people are getting like a 0.1%. Even if you're using the system, uh, most people get less than 1%. If yeah. you're not using a system, I mean, I've seen big businesses that have like five reviews. Yeah. Which I mean, it's not good, right? Because no. the only people who are writing reviews that are upset people because no one, no one writes positive reviews unsolicited. You know what I mean? Typically not. Yeah. The negative ones, you'll get, you'll get those. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh, where can people get connected with you? You know, find a little bit more about you online, that sort of thing. Yeah. You can check out our website, reviewkangaroo.com. It's R-E-V-U, kangaroo. It's spelled weird. Don't, <laughs> and literally, I tell those people all the time, like, You'd be surprised how hard it is to find a URL with the word review in it that someone's sitting on <laughs> and not charging, trying to charge $100,000 for it, right? Yeah. Um, so it's R-E-V-U, Kangaroo. You always call into our office here too. I'm a little old-fashioned. I still like phone calls. So it's 602-456-8832. 
and we can kind of help you guys not only get reviews for referrals and help you grow your business. Our average client grows 15% revenue, additional revenues the first six months of the program, some much higher. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. And yeah, I would definitely recommend, you know, reaching out or, or giving you a call. And uh, yeah, I guess before we wrap for today, one last question for you, you know, for everyone listening, we kind of talked about growth, you know, I think that's the general topic. Most people are looking to grow, you know, what would be your one piece of advice that you would give our listeners that are looking to grow their business? So I get asked this a lot too, right? So to me, everything's about execution. Ideas are cheap. It's about executing. It's the ones that execute fast and execute consistently that win. Right. Um, but that doesn't really mean anything. Right. Of course, everyone knows, Oh yeah, I should execute. Um, so my suggestion is this simplify. I don't do complicated things. Like we don't have a complicated pay structure for our tax. We pay a flat percentage on everything. We don't make exceptions. We don't, in this rare situation that happens this way, always the same. Because then they know how much money they make on every single call. When they understand the process, they buy it. What are the odds, right? Yeah. We do that with everything. So simplify, simplification is executable. So simplify, simplify, simplify. If you can't explain a program in less than a minute, you shouldn't be doing it that way. I like it. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and again, I think it's refreshing too because everyone's kind of looking for some magic answer or just something that maybe was super complicated. And they're like, Oh, I didn't know about this complex thing, but it makes it more attainable and achievable. And you go, okay, like this is something we can all do. We can simplify, we can execute daily consistently. So yeah, I appreciate that. And, and Josh, yeah, thanks for spending some time with me today. I think this was super valuable for everybody. I, I hope so. I appreciate uh, everybody taking the time to listen. I appreciate you obviously having me on and uh, I hope it was helpful. Cool. Yeah, I think it was. Well, thanks a lot, Josh. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Josh Kelly. There was a ton of information in there. So I'm going to break it down into a few action items, although there were probably a dozen in there. Um, but let's go over those. So first thing to do would be to look at your big goals. So whether you set annual goals, or maybe you have a three or five year plan, break those down into daily goals. What can you do daily and consistently to drive those results? And then just hammer those every day and don't miss. Uh, if you do miss, just get right back on track. And I, and I really thought that point was a good one. So that's action item number one. Action item number two is to think of maybe three to five things that you can add to your employee retention program. There are several good ideas from the show today, uh, but maybe think about some things that you've been thinking about. And then again, break those down into item number one, which is what can you do daily or even weekly that will get you closer to those goals. Uh, third item on that list would be start asking for reviews consistently, but I thought the, the big takeaway there was ask for the review for the person that actually worked with your customer. And maybe there were a couple of people, but people will want to connect and reward those people that served your customer well. And so bring in that human connection by tying in the review there. So those were the three action items that I have for you from today's show. And two more things before we wrap for today. If you got any value out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate a review. And again, in the spirit of today's episode, if you want to leave a review for me as the host or a review for Josh as the guest, we'd really appreciate it. It helps spread the word. And if you have any ideas, questions, topics, or speakers you'd like to see on a future episode, go ahead and shoot me an email at hello at builderfunnel.com. I read every response and I'd love to hear from you. So stay tuned and see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. 
Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.